Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. It is Monday morning, the last day of January, and it is time for building the Broncos, Broncos for Scott, breakfast. Scott, or Broncos Nick for breakfast, Kendall, goodness, my coffee's still kicking in. Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing? We're going to be building some Broncos here at the Senior Bowl coming up. I'm doing good, and I knew, I couldn't remember who it was, but I knew when I saw the name come up in the chat this morning, that they were going to be singing from the rooftops about the Bengals and the lack of respect that they were getting. And it was Falling Sloth. Falling Sloth said last week it's going to be real funny when uh, the Bengals are in the in the Super Bowl and I can get to say I told you so because everybody was sleeping on them. Um, falling Sloth, I'm going to do you a favor because I've picked against them. I think I, I didn't pick really pick against them in, against the Titans. I, I wasn't sold on the Titans. But I definitely picked against them the next two games. I'll do you a favor. I'll pick against him in the Super Bowl, too. I, I don't want to break that streak. Just keep it going. I'll go 0-4 for the Bengals, just for you. Yep, absolutely. That would be uh, – Bengals have been fun, man. Joe Burrow's got some magic going, and we're going to get into the games here. Uh, Mile High Truth is in the house, and he hates Monday, so hopefully these Mondays uh, with the shows here help a little bit. Luke Wright's in the house, too. What's up, Nick and Scott? It feels like Victory Monday. Thank you very much, Joe Burrow. Go Broncos. DWI guys, Ethan in the house. Morning, Jensen, Broncos country. Mark Lindemode, howdy Broncos peeps. Good to see you. John Burns, good morning all. EJ's in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Uh, we also got Sunny Days in the house. Um, Falling Sloth, yep, we already said hello. Good morning to you, <laughs> Falling Sloth. Great to see you. Jeremy's in the house. Chief Stain Mahome. I like it. Happy Monday. Chase is in the house. Chase, it's been a second. I hope you're doing well. The Red Menace has been stopped. Go Bengals. CC in the house, too. Morning, Broncos country. <laughs> hope you all doing great. Dave, always a big supporter with the hearts, saying 50, hashtag 58, hashtag 40, hashtag go Rams. Uh, I don't really, do you have, um, okay, so off the cuff here, I'm not asking who you're winning, but do you have a rooting interest in the Super Bowl, Bengals versus Rams? I, I don't. I, I want to root for Sean McVay, um, but I want to root for the Bengals too. Um, so we'll see. Uh, my I, I can't really choose one right now. Um, I'll probably end up rooting for the team that falls behind just so we have a good, a good game. game. Um, yeah. but, uh, I, I don't, I, I, I like both of these teams. Uh, I like Cincinnati better than LA <laughs> yeah. I, as far as, again, the rooting interest of an underdog where, you know, Cincinnati blue collar town on the river, middle America, where, you know, it's the glitzy LA Rams. Um, but I do, I do like this Rams team. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Sean McVay drove right by his high school yesterday. Um, and uh, I, I, this is the matchup. I didn't want to see, I didn't want to see the 49ers and, and the Bengals. I, I just, the, the, the 49ers were effective and they were winning, but they're, they just muck up a game so bad. They ugly it up enough that they can keep it close and win it. And they're very good at that, but it was, it doesn't make for overly entertaining 60 minutes of football. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo did what Jimmy Garoppolo does and threw some boneheaded plays. And uh, there's a reason that Jimmy Garoppolo, fine quarterback, but there's a reason the 49ers gave up all those picks to go up and get a quarterback. Um, we'll get into it here. Travis in the house. Travis, thanks again for the hat. Appreciate you. Morning, fellas. I was sick all last week, so I missed most of the shows. Feeling a lot better. Well, that's good to hear. If you are sick and you missed the shows, though, you can always find it on iTunes after the fact if you need to kill an hour and hang out with us. Uh, definitely excited to have the zone running scheme back in Denver. Denver Broncos for life. Well, Travis, you're definitely, you should, I guess you should be excited about that, uh, the zone run scheme. I, w- I would say it is the outside zone that's going to be the biggest change here for Denver. You did see some of it in Denver under Munchak and Shermer, but you're going to see a lot more of it here. Um, you will see more duo, or you will still see duo and inside zone, uh, key tenants of what Shermer liked to, liked to run. I am curious to see, I don't know if you saw, you did see my running back piece. I am curious to mm-hmm. see how, Javante Williams uh, fits in the outside zone scheme because some of his, we'll call them deficiencies uh, that I saw on tape at North Carolina and last year at Denver don't lend itself to be the best fits for an outside zone heavy scheme. But uh, we did see that the Packers succeeded with AJ Dillon, who's also a little bit, I wouldn't say a plotter, but more of a North South kind of guy and uh, with the inside zone and the duo there. So, Maybe the Broncos need to bring back a Melvin Gordon or somebody else to run some of the more of those outside zone looks. Javante Williams can improve there, but it will be interesting to see how he fits because it's not a it's not the easiest transition in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, Mark coming in saying my Packer wife is wearing my Broncos gear this morning. So does that mean uh, she kicked you out of it and you had to sleep on the couch? I know that was on the table uh, going into going into the weekend. So oh, that's with Aaron Rodgers. So that's what the Aaron Rodgers one. So. It's still on the table. Uh, it's still on the table there for sure. Worm for mayor. Uh, feels like a new name to me because uh, I remember the worm. So the worm for me has two is two people. Worm is obviously Dennis Rodman, and then uh, worm from uh, Coach Carter. So good characters, good characters for sure. Welcome, worm. Welcome in, Worm. Good to see you. We got Clint Ashworth in the house, too. Good morning, fellas. Congratulations, Devon, for another Super Bowl appearance. Congratulations to Coach Hackett, and welcome to the to Broncos country. Roy Osborne in the house. Morning, Nick and Scott. Might be an exciting Super Bowl. I hope so. Uh, we've been Why spoiled. stop with, now? Yeah, gosh. Right? I mean, just, out of, out of all up. the games, there's only been two or three that haven't been all that entertaining. Yeah, you know, the first I, round. Like I said, I, I mentioned the, the 49ers playing kind of muck ball but you know the games have been entertaining at the end that's why i preface that by saying 60 minutes um yeah. you know the 60 minutes might not be as as good but they, they've come down to the wire that's for sure yeah. yep absolutely jamal in the house hello broncos fam loved cool calm joe burrow eliminating the chiefs absolutely it was a lot of fun to see the chiefs go down um falling sloth but we 
but we can seriously learn a lot more than just get a QB things like develop your coaches. If they are showing growth, part of the D vets to get younger, use full weapons to help the line, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, there's some takeaways from this game and I want to get into it from the, I think there's takeaways for both games that we can um, lean in on the Broncos, but the big one for me and not to just, you know, toot my own horn here, but bodies in coverage against the chiefs. I've been preaching it for, I mean, since you've probably been on here, Scott, but Mm -hmm. I think that blitzing Patrick Mahomes and allocating less bodies to the secondary or the second and third level of the defense is a death sentence. And what a night and day difference from the Bengals from the first half to the second half. Uh, Shout out to them. Everybody giving Joe Burrow credit, rightfully so. But what that Bengals defense did after giving up, well, it was almost four touchdown drives in a row uh, in the first half. They did get that amazing stop at the tackling Tyree kill inbounds. What a dumb, dumb bleep play that was. Um, and, but the second half, the Bengals came out and did something that we have not seen much of in the NFL this season. It's not a very common style of defense and not something that you see often. Um, the Bengals dropped eight men into coverage pretty consistently in the second half in the game. Overall, they ran eight players and coverage 35% of the time. The average in the NFL is between five to 12%. Um, and in the second half, they ran eight in coverage 45% of the time. Uh, they were doing it with, uh, and they were doing it with robbers to keep eyes on Mahomes, which I thought was brilliant. And they were changing who the robbers were. So Patrick Mahomes had to identify who it was. Is it Von Bell coming down? Is it one of the defensive back or defensive ends of that trade? the, Interception by BJ Hill was because of a Trey Hendrickson dropping back and playing a robber role while only rushing three. Forget, I mean, if people in here yelling at me, why doesn't Pat Vic, Vic Fangio blitz more? Why don't the Broncos blitz more? Because if you blitz against these guys, they will kill you. Um, so you need to be able to get pressure, not only with four, but with three in this game and uh, confuse Mahomes while still playing man coverage with those robbers. So I thought it was a brilliant game plan um, from the Bengals in the second half and some stats here. Um, Mahomes was against eight man in coverage in that game. Mahomes went seven for 13 for 59 yards, two sacks and an interception and had his second worst EPA per play of any second half of his entire career. Hats off to the Bengals. What a great defensive game plan. Um, Taking some stuff there, implementing it differently uh, than we've seen this year, taking away a lot of those easy crossing routes with those robbers, confusing Mahomes, and not getting suckered into. We have to blitz to get him out of his comfort zone because he will kill you. The uh, <clears throat> You should be able to run against that. They, you, you they know, were, they were, they did not though, because they are the cheap. They, it's the yeah, same thing. You, we you said should about be able to, how, how, do, yeah. how do you be, if you're going to, if you're going to put three on the line and drop eight in a couple, I should be able to run on you. They didn't, they were actually yeah. with an 18 point lead, <laughs> yeah. especially with a 21, three lead. Uh, but no, I like the idea of dropping a parachute around Mahomes Cause every time you see pressure come in, the, the kids who Dini, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then he just scrambles for 15 yards. Yeah. Um, Peter coming in. So oh, that was a fun weekend. It's going to be a fun Super Bowl to watch. Uh, yeah, it is. I, and again, I'm glad it's not the 49ers. And that would have been really weird being it's like, hey, we've been to the Super Bowl uh, three times at fairly different intervals. And we played the 49ers every time. Difference is the Bengals are bringing their own Joe Cool this time. They're bringing their own Joe Cool to the Super Bowl and not having to face uh, one of the greatest from, from my until. Tom Brady at Tampa Bay. I think I was I was still a Joe Montana truther. Just you know, just as far as the the greatest ever. Um, there, there was a feeling of an inevitability in '89 after that '88 season. It's like, yeah, the Bengals are ahead. Doesn't matter. It was like watching yeah. Jordan. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Joe Montana is, is going to beat these guys. He he beats everybody. Um, 
this would have been different. This would have been different. But um, I think this will be a much more fun Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and Jeremy Sean saying, so much for whining about the overtime rules. Just because you got a more fair outcome doesn't mean the overtime rules don't suck. They no. still suck. And again, you never once heard me say, Buffalo lost this game because of the overtime rules. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. Buffalo lost that game because they gave up 40 yards in 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. Overtime rules still suck. Yeah. Everybody should get a chance. You should get a chance. Not yeah. just a coin. If they score. If you score a touchdown, I get a chance to score a touchdown. If I don't score a touchdown, game over. If I score yeah. a touchdown, I kick it off to you. You get a chance. And then guess what? Then I get a chance. That's how competition works. The overtime yeah. Yeah, and honestly, this is going to be an un-American. This is a, this is an off-season kind of take, I know, but uh, I don't mind the ties in the regular season uh, because if you played 60 minutes and got all the way to that result, then I think maybe you should have something in your column uh, to show that result rather than the, if you got beat 45-0, to zero, you'd, the loss would count the same. But in, in the playoffs, I think you should have the sudden death. Clock just doesn't go anymore, and every team's guaranteed one possession, and everybody has to go for two kind of situation as well. Um, and just let it go, let it play. But that's only for the playoffs, keeping no overtime in the regular season. So that's, that's what I would do if I was King of the world for football, but uh, we'll see here. Travis Tarbox coming in here. Thank you so much, Travis. Uh, now that we have our head coach, Nathaniel Hackett here in Denver, what coordinators do you believe Hackett will hire offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator? Uh, there is the secondary coach from the Rams, whose name is escaping me right now that has been linked with the Broncos pretty heavily. There's the defensive line coach for the Ravens. Uh, I think the Broncos are questioning an interview with him as well. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, the Rams guy is also best friends with Nathaniel Hackett. So that's a big, uh, not only is that a big connection uh, for them, but also he is qualified. Um, he's coached underneath a lot of different guys. Um, he's not a first, he'd be a first time defensive coordinator, but he has plenty of, experience with a bunch of different schemes, coordinators, et cetera, et cetera, where it seems like it's his time, the accolades and experiences line up uh, to be his time. So we'll see offensive coordinator. I've heard that the, I want to say the name is Luke Otson, uh, the tight end coach for the Packers is the guy that might be coming in. Um, they would were interested in Luke Getzey. They were interested in the run game coordinator. Who's now the Packers offensive coordinator. Couldn't bring in either of those guys. So it will be interesting. I mean, like if you guys heard me on Saturday night, coaching staffs across the NFL are kind of changing because everybody's becoming what is essentially mini offensive coordinators where they are running. They're all working and learning the system and everybody has some sort of play calling responsibility in a sense where there's certain packages or scenarios where these guys are in in charge of the, the plays. So you bring in Nathaniel Hackett. He's been an offensive coordinator before, but what he did in green Bay was the gold zone, the red zone, essentially 25 yard on in, I believe. Um, and he's going to bring that in, but he's going to have to implement more, but he'll have other coaches doing other situations, two minute drills, run game. I've heard the Broncos are also going to bring in a run game coordinator and a pass game coordinator, something you see in the college level and some of these NFL teams, but you haven't seen it from Denver. Uh, so it's going to be changes here. Who will these guys be? Don't know, but the system itself, it sounds like it is evolving and modernizing for the coaching staff. So overtime rules for Jesse coming in saying overtime rules, give the ball to each team on the 35, only touchdowns allowed. Mm-hmm. Keep going till one team scores and the other doesn't. Uh, that's similar to college. I, I don't necessarily like the college method either. Um, again, someone of uh, US Dave coming here saying you're showing your soccer following Scott. What's next? Field goal shootout. Hey, shootouts are a crappy way to end a game too. Uh, that, that's not necessarily soccer any more than giving the guy the ball in the 35 is better than the 20 or 25 like they did in college. But you're automatically in scoring position. It's akin to baseball where there are rules, and they did this in the MLB in the shortened season, Mm -hmm. where you start with a guy on second base. 
you're like, well, he didn't earn his way there. That's not baseball. You got to earn your way to second base. So again, I'm, I'm, I'd be okay with how they start it. Start the clock, kick off, they score, let the other team kick off. They get a chance. You get your fair ups. You know, it's like, it's more like extra regular extra innings in baseball. Um, again, I, it, I don't care who the teams are, you know, or that KC couldn't move the ball. <laughs> they might've been better off kicking yeah. off in this case. Um, each team, each team should get the same opportunity. They, yeah. they really should. Uh, offense, I, defense, it's two separate teams. It's not like basketball where it's five on five up and down the court. Each team mm-hmm. should get the same opportunity. That's competition. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, Jeremy. And I agree, I agree with you. And he says defense has to play a part in football, in my opinion. You sure know what's Yeah, and I agreed, yes. Um, but you know whose defense played no part in the overtime last week? The Chiefs defense. They didn't have mm-hmm. to take the field. So I agree with you. Defense should have to take the field, uh, should have to play a part in football. Um, on both sides, both defenses mm-hmm. should have to play a part. Um, we got Big E Bronco coming in saying, What's up, everybody? What's up to you? Uh, we got Jesse Farley coming in saying, Overtime rules give the ball to each team on the 35, only touchdowns allowed. Keep going until one team scores and the other doesn't. I think 35 is a little bit too close. Um, Wait, but am uh, I watching the other feed? We just said that. Did we get to that one? I don't remember yeah. the 35. Okay. I saw the every once in a while I'll launch the other feed that has a delay. I'm like, wait a minute. Did my sound just come on on my other monitor? What just happened here? So confused. I, I have CC in here too, talking about the eight men in coverage, saying even with the Bengals dropping eight, I felt like the checkdowns were open for Mahomes in the second half, but it seemed like he went back to the mentality of looking downfield for the big gain. And this is the big thing with the Chiefs is that Mahomes is a hunter. He's an aggressive player by nature. And Vic Fangio, the, one of the big reasons that Patrick Mahomes had the two worst grades of the entire season against the Broncos, which is crazy to say, given how good he is um, for pro football focus grades. And I think EPA per play um, is because the Broncos made him say death by a thousand paper cuts. Now the Broncos defense, I think they, in both games, they played the chiefs. They had an, a good enough uh, performance on defense to win that game. Not good enough from the offense from multiple levels. Uh, but I think the defense, they, they had something there. So, Hopefully they can get the offense right. Maybe they can pick up some more of the defense as well. I'm a little bit nervous about the, I would say, guaranteed. I don't, I don't want to say guaranteed, but guaranteed regression from the defense last year to uh, upcoming last season to next season um, because you are losing arguably the best defensive coordinator mind in football. There's going to be some regression, um, but you ha- you had Vic Andrew has to be the head coach of the whole team. Hell, the whole team wasn't good enough, but well, we'll see. And, and Nick, the key to to any of these uh, is being flexible. You know, it seemed like, yeah, it worked against the Chiefs because the Chiefs are greedy and they're talented and they want to be high octane. You know, the, the uh, most exciting show on turf or whatever they called the Rams back in the day. But against the the teams that aren't that good, they love the fact that they'll give you five and six yards at a time. Mm-hmm. And they'll take eight or nine minutes to drive down the field and score. And you'll only get the ball three times in the first half. So you've got to be more flexible and the Broncos were, I I don't think anybody has ever used the term like flexible or adjustable or anything like that. And Vic Fangio in the same sentence, unless to say he wasn't any of these things. So, you know, yeah, putting a blanket, a parachute around Mahomes works, but you, you gotta be, you gotta be able to make adjustments on defense and be more aggressive when the time comes. But yeah, you send five guys after Mahomes and he breaks containment. Now you've got two less guys to tackle him once he's, once he's free and two less guys in coverage trying to cover an extra three, four seconds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you should have been able to adjust, especially with a 21, three to lead. You should have been able to adjust and run the game on that one, but that's neither here nor there. 
Good morning, yeah, Michael right. from Tucson, Arizona. Good morning to you, Michael. Yeah, the Chiefs getting away from the run game when it was effective, uh, especially with the three man rushes going on and the dropping them, dropping spies and uh, robbers. Probably would have been the way to go, but they're the Chiefs. Uh, they they are going to throw the football. Um, so I don't know. They they even invested really well in an offensive line that can run block, but alas, uh, they didn't do it. So who knows? Uh, crazy game. Chiefs kind of shot themselves in the foot. Uh, Andy Reid for as good of a schemer he is. Sometimes the game flow stuff can be a little bit perplexing, but I mean, hats off to the Bengals, man. They made some plays. Jamar Chase was incredible. Uh, got to get into some more takeaways from this game, but we got Steve, Steve F Armstrong coming in first saying, I'm excited to see what the future holds for our Broncos. Hashtag stated bean hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag the mile Highlander. Mm, I like that one. So was this a, a different name? Cause I feel like the Steve Armstrong is a newer name to us. So welcome, but you may have been, mm, you YouTube may have had a, a different name coming in before. So um, yeah, I, I think everybody's excited and I want to temper that. There's a, there's a comment that came in just after yours that I want to, uh, that I want to highlight afterwards because yeah, it, it is exciting. You can tell the yep. coaching staff's excited. You can tell the players are excited. You can tell the ex players are excited. Melvin Gordon's like, yeah, I want to come back to play for the Denver Broncos and this team. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. This is me and 33 will kill it. Nick has a, a good, good article on that on mile high huddle. If you haven't seen it, uh, Melvin Gordon basically calling out and saying, I'd like some. And then uh, I, I uh, changing topics here a little bit back to Melvin Gordon, but I think Melvin Gordon would be a good at half that price, hmm. you know, instead of eight, if he wants to take three or four, shoot, I'd bring him back. Uh, the other part on this is I'm just going to hit the top of it. Cause uh, is Jerry, cause this feels like a new name too. <laughs> Jeremy will sit in here. Uh, says be careful with the energy hype folks. It's because everyone in Broncos country was desperate for change. Yes, it is. Uh, and it's refreshing. It really is. And he mentioned so much is, you know, it's fun when you win games. You can mm-hmm. you can have this energy. Otherwise, that shtick, the, the, the hype, all the positiveness is wears real thin real fast, just like the grouchy grumpiness. So winning will cure all. Um, but however, I am of the opinion that the fastest route to winning again, not necessarily Super Bowl, but to get out from the seven and ten doldrums and five straight six straight team times lose missing the playoffs and multiple consecutive losing seasons is an infusion of energy and positivity to get these teams excited, get these players excited about playing the game again. Cause there is talent here. And I think I said as, as early as week four or five, this team is done. We could, we could roll it back. And I said, this team has quit playing for Vic Fangio. Mm-hmm. They'll be playing again. They'll be excited again. And uh, that is something we can all, uh, we can all look forward to. Yep, absolutely. Uh, talking about these teams too, I'll actually kind of look at the chat here, but something else that I have is a big takeaway um, from these games this weekend to me is something that we've been preaching on these shows for better part of two years now, I would say. It's that you need to chase greatness at the quarterback position and that if you do not know that you have a dude, you should be looking to add talent um, and physical ability at the quarterback position. Um, arm talent, because arm talent changes what types of throws you can do and uh, changes how defenses can play you. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they had a perfectly fine quarterback who was beloved in the locker room by the coaching staff, et cetera, et cetera, and Alex Smith. And they go out there and get Patrick Mahomes. No dip. What a great move. Um, a lot of people chastising the Los Angeles Rams, giving up that much capital for known loser, Matt Stafford. Oh, he can't. He can't. He never even won a playoff game in Detroit. It's Detroit. How, yeah, it's, I know. I know. But just, again, rehashing some of these terrible narratives. Um, 
they had they had a quarterback who went to a Super Bowl who already had a bit a lot of dead cap in Jared Goff. Even if they Martin, let's say Jared Goff was a a C quarterback and Matt Stafford is a a B plus. That's a huge difference in the impact of a game. Um, such a such a massive massive difference. Um, it's Matt Stafford. Now they're going to the Super Bowl, chasing greatness at the quarterback position. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo almost went to two Super Bowls. Went to a Super Bowl. Let him on, on the brink of going to another Super Bowl underneath Kyle Shanahan. The 49ers trade up for Division II quarterback, North Dakota State, 20-year-old, only played one season. Trey Lance giving up three first-round picks, chasing greatness at the quarterback position. If you do not have a guy, if you do not know that you have an incredible player at the quarterback position, you should be looking to upgrade. I don't give a bleep if you spent a second-round pick two years ago on a guy. If he hasn't shown to be incredible yet, you got to keep chasing greatness at the position. And that's, yeah, what these teams, him, that's what these teams show. Let him compete as a backup. Yep. Right? Yeah. You, you, you've got to, you owe it to these guys. No, no, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. They owe it to you. That's yeah. why you're paying them. They owe it to you. Um, and Addison coming in and saying, Nick is 100% the best host on MMH. Scott's okay too. I don't host. I, I'm more of just someone else to bounce so that so that they're not up here monologuing. That's That's all I'm here for. Also, so, we're MHH, so uh, this could be a. Dip. I'm the only one over on MMH, so I don't know. What the... oh, whatever, I knew what he meant. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Thank I'm you. Him, Thank you. I'm, I'm trying to uh, spin this so I'm not uh, taking any compliments because I can't I do that. It's illegal. Uh, uh, Travis says, "So glad the Chiefs lost. No doubt, I despise them. So sick of them winning." Um, yeah, they got theirs. You know, it, it's you know, if we're gonna have forced parity, let's uh, let's have somebody else do it. Let's so. I actually thought this was a question I had, and maybe it's the longevity factor. Because my thoughts on this were, if the Rams win, at least we'll have, it, it's good because we'll have a first-time Super Bowl winner, no matter what. Now, the Rams have won a Super Bowl before, but not the LA Rams. So, how how long does it take for you to really associate the franchise with the city as a separate franchise because the Raiders to me, they've moved around so much that they're just the, the, the nomad Raiders. They're, they're the Raiders, whether they're in Oakland, LA, San Diego, Vegas, whatever, they're the Raiders. But I completely wrote off, you know, anything that the Arizona Cardinals had done in St. Louis. It's different now. Um, and, and from personal experience, I don't claim anything as a Braves fan that they did before they got to Atlanta. Now they've been here 50 years, mm. but it's, you know, for me, the, the Braves have two championships two of uh, 95 and 2021. So just real quick, won't go on this for too long, but you know, would you consider this a first time win for the LA Rams if they wanted, or you're like, no, the Rams already won a Super Bowl. I would say the Rams already won a Super Bowl because it is the same ownership, but also I have Did some... Mark Shot no brought Mark Shot Cincinnati. Is it the same ownership? It's Stan Kroenke. I believe it was the same okay. ownership group here. I, I could be wrong there. Um, also for the Rams Super Bowl over the was it the Panthers? Is that how they beat? No, it was the Titans. It was an incredible game against Steve McNair. Um, that one's a little bit personal for me because I uh, Kurt Warner grew up around me, and I met Kurt Warner a couple times as a kid. I have a football that I got as a child says "God bless you, Nick" from Kurt Warner up hanging up in my childhood bedroom because i mean i played soccer against all his nieces and nephews um growing up so i was a bronco fan first but i was really pulling for the rams during that era uh because knew, knowing kurt warner was incredible and also i'm a big st louis cardinals fan rams right across the way uh but they're, they're the los angeles rams to me now they spurred spurned that city um a lot of really hurt people there mm -hmm. with that situation um so 
I'm not a big Rams fan. I like a lot of the players, but that ownership also Stan Kroenke is a terrible owner. Um, you probably know that from, uh, I think he does ask Arsenal fans what they think yeah. of Stan Kroenke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, I mean the nugget fans also just, and the, yeah, it's just bad. Um, so I, I'm not pulling for the Rams in this game. I'm definitely pulling for the Bengals. I'm pulling for Von Miller to do great, but I just don't like Stan Kroenke. I don't like that. They left St. Louis. That cetera, Rams Titans game was actually in Atlanta and it hit, uh, like I've said, it's not the little bit of snow that can get you here in Atlanta. It's the ice. And there was a wicked ice storm that week and just about shut everything down here in the city. And then they ended up having the best super, one of the best Super Bowls of all time. And uh, they were saying, so we'll never go back to Atlanta again. They're just, they just can't handle the, the, the January stuff. So it's not, it's not the snow here. It's the mm-hmm. ice. We're not ready for it. I actually saw a video of a, a car sliding sideways off the road. You know, I don't care how good a driver you are, for God's yeah. sake. Uh, when your car's moving laterally, you're in trouble. Yeah. And I want to get to Antonio here because uh, I don't even know where the sentence is going, but I'm I'm here for the ride. Cincinnati has some beautiful women that fill in the blank. But uh, let's go Cincinnati. Well, let's- see, if it's if you if you read it in an English accent, that's how they that's how they finish sentences. So like great play that. Hmm. <laughs> that's it. Okay. Not, that was a great play. It's almost like Yoda speaks like great play that. So maybe that's more like a period. Well, there we go. We'll take it. Um, I want to make sure that we're not missing any uh, super chats here. We got Mark straight. Mark has come in pretty recently um, for mm-hmm. us, but he has been cashing in for us with the huge super chats, with the big star donations over on Facebook. Thank you so much, Mark. Looking spiffy there. Good morning from Texas, guys. Hope you're doing down, doing well down there in Texas. It's a cool, I want to say 38 degrees here in Seattle this morning. Sun's not up yet. Had another good weekend, though. I did. A, I, I climbed Mount Si with the dog on Saturday morning. Eight miles, 3,500 feet of elevation. A little bit out of shape um, from the hiking season this summer, but getting back into it. Yeah, t- uh, make sure you tune in tonight on the Huddle Up Pod, and you'll see a final tally for uh, Facebook and YouTube. Hmm. And uh, Mark's top 10 on, on Facebook. Mark, and come yeah. on, come on real strong. Uh, Anthony Edwards said, uh, I'm liking the Vaughn trade more and more. He's still there in the run, but seems like his elite pass rushing is behind him. Um, Nick, you've watched Vaughn a whole lot more than I have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what do you think? Do you, th- do you see f- flashes of Vaughn Miller at his best? Or do you see a different Vaughn Miller? Vaughn Miller's still great, but I think that the cover three, cover one heavy scheme with seven bodies allocated to stopping the run with a specific gap fits Von Miller better than the era of football that we're approaching with a lot of people where it is the three man pressures, the four man pressures, two gapping gap and a half, um, making sure that you can crunch the pocket with your pass rush versus attacking the pocket with your pass rush. And we saw that Bengals do that in the second half. They, they were crunchers, um, really keeping Mahomes contained more um, with those spies and whatnot and being very disciplined with that. Not that Von Miller can't do that. It's just Von Miller is best when he can pin his ears back to a single gap and go. Von can still be great. He's going to be very careful. Anthony saying Von maybe has lost um, a step with the elite pass rushing before he goes against what might be the worst offensive line ever to play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, so offensive line overrated question mark. Uh, that's hurts me to say, but we'll, we'll we can get in so many takeaways um, to get to these games. But I think Von is going to I'd be skeptical to say Von's best pass rushing days are behind him. They are, but before they go against the Bengals and the Rams, um, that would be a big one. Uh, I would, I'd, I'd hold my tongue until that game. Well, like I've said before, I, I like teams that are strong in the lines of scrimmage, mm-hmm. and you can get away with one or the other being okay. You know, the, the Bengals, the Bengals defensive line right now is playing at an elite level. That covers up for a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. So, 
their offensive line not be great, but their defensive line is. When you're weak on both sides, you're not making it this far. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Uh, the, the 49ers offense is horrible. I'm like, you know, until they got that second time, I'm like, how does a team score two touchdowns in the playoffs and make the Super Bowl? I guess defense isn't dead, but they didn't quite have enough. Uh, appreciate the the comment, Anthony. And, and Chris Hernandez coming in with some some big stars and a big coffee cup. Cheers to you, Chris. Appreciate you being here. And Diamond, good morning, Diamond, saying boom. Yeah, I, I that, one, that one goes a long way. I think most of Broncos country was happy over the weekend for – Lots and lots of reasons for sure. Yep. We got Malcolm Brown in the house. Hello from Homer, Alaska. Hope you're doing well. Addison coming back in here with another super saying, uh, do you think Ritter would make it to the third round? I'd be shocked if Desmond Ritter made it to the third round. I think you're going to have six quarterbacks go in the first two rounds. Uh, most of them should go <laughs> round two, but uh, not how it's not how it's going to work. Um, and Addison comes back in saying Ritter's most likely to be a star. Ritter's all over the place. I really like his processing. Um, he's a little bit erratic with his touch uh, and his something that bothers me as well as his arm velocity. Sometimes I think like not, not the ball itself, but how quickly he goes from the windup to the ball, leaving his hand. Um, I think that was something that was an issue in that Alabama game where they batted four balls down at the line of scrimmage. Um, they were able to trigger on his reads early because the, that throw was a little bit elongated, but Scott's going to be down in senior bowl, going to be down at mobile. And he's going to see five of the top six guys in this class. So we're going to have a much better idea. Ritter, though, a lot of experience, very smart guy, uh, athleticism, good arm talent, solid frame. I wish he was a little bit thicker, but uh, he's got a lot to work with. I really like this floor. Um, reminds me a little bit of Carson Wentz, which maybe would shudder for some people. But in the second round, if you can take a chance on Carson Wentz's ceiling, that's that's a, that's a solid pick for a quarterback. So uh, I like Ritter. I think he's a fine quarterback. I play around on the PFN mock draft simulator a lot, you know, while I'm waiting for the guys to show up or I'm sitting here in, in the chat waiting. I'll, I'll just run through a quick mock. There's three, th there's a couple things I notice on that one trading down is incredibly addictive. Mm. <laughs> it's like, wait, you know, when you're a team that has, you know, needs a ton of players, you know, getting four picks for a one and getting, Oh yeah, I'll take your second round pick next year. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's, there's several guys based on their rankings that I think are undervalued. So we'll see if general managers undervalue them too. And you can get some steals. Uh, Desmond Ritter is one of those guys. Uh, James Cook, running back. I pick him up in the fourth round every time out of University of Georgia. And John Mechie Jr., the wide receiver out of Alabama. He's a third or fourth round guy. Um, those are those are a couple of the guys. And, and Ritter is one of those. I'm like, third round? Yes, please. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, if he's still there, um, I don't care who you've got at quarterback. Be happy that your team took him. And if you're the Broncos, you're thrilled if he's still there in the third round. In fact, he might be a, a trade-up candidate if he makes it to pass 60 somewhere oh, yeah. in that neighborhood. And I think that as much as you don't want it to be ideal, Broncos fans should understand, especially, I mean, obviously the last six years have been rough, but I'm pretty much in the camp that if the Broncos don't have Brock Osweiler in that 2015 season, there's no hardware at, and there's no hardware one at the end of the season because you went four and one with him. And because of that, you got the one seed. You didn't have to go to Foxborough. We know how close that game was down the stretch. Um, and you go on and win the Super Bowl. So you want a backup quarterback with how quarterbacks are being used more in the run game, taking hits these days. Um, and the extra the extra game we have now, um, also in the regular season, you probably are gonna rely, rely on your backup quarterback at some point in the regular season. It's probably just going to happen this year over 50 i think it was 54 quarterbacks had registered over 100 snaps 
which is, that's a lot. 50 quarterbacks mm-hmm. with 100 snaps, it's multiple games. So um, you want to invest in that position. It's not just the starter. You want to have be competent in your backup. In 2015, if it was Jeff Driscoll coming off the bench instead of Brock Osweiler, we're not talking about Peyton Manning riding off in this, the sunset, probably. So um, Ritter in the third round, yes, please. I don't think he will go there. I think he will go somewhere in the second round or maybe even the back end of the first round. Mm-hmm. But uh, you want to you bring in young quality quarterbacks and also they're cheap. That's the other big thing. They're cheap. And the quarterback play was so bad this year. So bad that yeah. there's going to be some general managers going to start getting desperate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping the Panthers are one of them. I hope the Panthers use a six yep. on, uh, on a quarterback. That'd be great. Yep. Um, I hope the Falcons don't. I hope the Broncos don't. Yep. Um, but if, if the Bronco, if, uh, if the, if the Panthers do, that means one of the top players that can make an immediate impact for you, uh, at a position while you, can try and get a better quarterback down the line. You know, maybe you're bad enough that you get one of the two guys in 2023 yeah. um, that are legit guys. But you know, the other part of this is you take enough swings. One of these guys is going to be a really, really good player. Mm. Just which one is it? Which one's it going to be? And, and going down to the senior bowl, um, what you'll find out is, uh, and appreciate you, Miguel, uh, yeah. catch you on the flip side. Um, when, uh, when you are able to come back in, and say hello again. Appreciate you being here. Um, what we'll see at the Senior Bowl is: Do they have the tools? That's what you can find out. Do they have the tools to be an NFL quarterback? Is their release quick enough? Is their footwork good enough? Is their arm strong enough? Is their accuracy good enough? Those are the four things you you can learn. Then you have to go back and watch games to see if they can play the game. Are they good enough quarterbacks to play? There's a physical, and then there's a, a mental game manager, and all that type of stuff. Line. Where are they on these? And, and coaches tend to lean towards the physical tools because they're arrogant. Uh, I can teach them the rest of it. I can, and, and it's not always that easy. Uh, yep. Some of these, the it factor is God given as well, and you can't measure it. So, so we'll see. Uh, and, and Travis asks, um, when is the senior bowl again? Uh, let me see where he came and came in with some stars. I want to flash Travis real quick. Um, so when is the senior bowl again, Scott, looking forward to your report it starts tomorrow. So uh, 10 a.m. 1030 Central, uh, they have a two hour, they have two two hour practices. So get done, you know, from 10th, about 10 to 230, somewhere in there. Um, and then it'll take me some time. I'll go through all the video and cut up some highlights on the day's best action. And then we'll be uh, we'll see what Nick wants to do. But Tuesday night, you know, maybe I guest appearance or I'll do a, another show on my channel on uh, top risers and stuff. And, and, and we'll see. We'll see what uh, what I'm able to do on the web, but I'll, I'll be all over YouTube. I promise you that. Yeah. Yep. We'll figure it out. Uh, you all obviously have a, a shot on the show. Andrew Lampy coming in here saying morning all quick pop in to say hello and wish everyone a wonderful Monday. We'll watch later tonight. Thank you so much, Andrew. And also nice new uh, schnazzy picture there. Andrew looks like the little guy is spiffied up. So a uh, great picture. Good to see the family doing well. Yep, and then uh, where's uh, J- Jermaine comes in? So Drew will start. No trade for Rodgers. Um, you can afford to start Drew Locke as a first-year quarterback uh, coach. Um, you know, the question was, you know, Fangio got some crap for not playing Drew Locke. You know, he, he didn't believe in Drew Locke. So if he didn't believe in Drew Locke, he can't play him. He he couldn't afford a losing year. Mm-hmm. Couldn't. He was going to be gone. So I've got to get a guy that I think gives me a better chance to win. Um, you don't necessarily have that concern 
with a first year guy, unless, unless you go out there and urban Meyer things up, which is more culture and attitude and off the field stuff, he's going to get a second year. So if you end up rolling drew lock, he's got one year left on his contract. What yeah. if, what if all of the folks that think he's going to be a superstar, he is, and then he leaves you. What happens then? Um, but are you willing to, are you willing to say, okay, cause there's, there's a, there's a contingent of people out there. There's like, I'm not willing to go 12 and five and get Aaron Rodgers um, because it means in two years, we're, we're going to be six and 11 again. Um, are you willing to put up with a three and 13 season? Drew Locks lost seven or eight of his last nine starts. Uh, he's a one-to-one TD to interception ratio. There's not a lot in his background that says he's going to just make this quantum leap forward to be a playoff contending quarterback. So are you willing to be patient, ride a season out with Drew Locke and maybe get a top five pick and make a run at, at CJ Stroud or Bryce Young? Is it for, for those, for the, the no Aaron Rodgers folks, is, is that preferable to you? Because there is not a scenario that guarantees you not being in the same place in three years. There isn't one. Nope. Yeah. Especially with this quarterback class, uh, who knows which guy will be the dude. I know that the, it seems like Kenny Pickett is becoming the consensus quarterback one. I wouldn't want to take him if I wasn't playing in a team that had a dome or a team that played in the South where you're not going to be playing with weather conditions. Um, but who knows as far as Drew Locke, if you go into next year with Drew Locke as a starting quarterback, that means that you probably went about it. The quarterback situation, the exact same way as last season where you're bringing in a veteran quarterback to compete with Drew Locke. And this time, Drew Locke wins the battle. Um, I thought there was some things to work with on the last three-game stretch of the season um, as far as protecting the football. Now we're talking, you know, baby steps here, but it's still, I mean, that's, he stopped making some of the big boneheaded uh, turnover plays that we saw um, from him even earlier this season. So uh, we'll see what happens. Best thing we can say about Drew Locke right now is that he's here and he's cheap. Um, What does that mean for him going forward? I don't know. He's one of the top. 50 to 60 best quarterbacks in the football in the NFL right now. That means he has value here. Um, but again, it comes back to the conversation of improving your quarterback position, going from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance, going from Jared Goff to Matt Stafford, going from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. Do you see greatness with Drew Locke? I don't. Uh, based on the sample size we've had, I think greatness is probably not not very likely to be obtainable. So uh, keep chasing that greatness of that quarterback position because otherwise you're not going to be one of these teams dancing at the end. Uh, Antonio, oh. Go ahead. Scott. Yeah, Antonio comes in with a, a good comment here. He says, I'll, I'll say it again. I'm happy with the Sertan pick, but I wanted Slater. Uh, we definitely need a tackle now. And I find this interesting because, Antonio, you're one of the few uh, fans, community members that didn't say a different position. So mm-hmm. coming out here and saying Slater or right tackle would have been nice. Yeah, it, it would have been. Um, that would have been a, a, a heck of a pick. And then, you know, have him take over for left tackle when you decide what you're going to do with Garrett Bowles based on age and or contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been a good pick. But the, said it before, we'll say it again. The, the last year, if you were picking in the top 10, you're either going to get a really exciting player or the quarterback of your future. And you did. You, you got a really exciting player. If you keep doing that, you're going to be just fine. Uh, I've also said you might be better off financially drafting five to 10 in this draft than you are one to five. I don't see a hill of beans worth of difference between a lot of these guys in the top 10, Nick, Mm. Um, you know, maybe Kyle Hamilton, but is Aiden Hutchinson a sure thing? Maybe Evan Neal for me. I kind of like the tackles a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I I think you're a little bit safer there, but is Evan Neal going to have the same rookie season that even Penny Sewell had Uh, Rashawn Slater? 
So, you know, are you are you better off almost saving half the money and picking up a little farther down and getting a, you know, not necessarily a top five pick, but a, a five to ten guy who can be a quality starter for a long time for you? We'll see. I, I think I might disagree a little bit with you on the front that I think there's probably a clear delineation here, but it's it's going to happen like in the top five this year. So I'd rather have that top five pick, even if you're paying more to have a chance at a potential blue chipper at their position where I think like pick eight through 22, there's not much of a difference this year. Um, I think the, all those guys are pretty much heaped together in clusters. So I just feel like there's just as many questions around Kayvon Thibodeau as there are George Karloftis. I feel like there's just as many questions around um, Aiden Hutchinson as Derek Stingley. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's just there's – there's not that. And for me at the beginning of the year, Kayvon Thibodeau was clearly the number one. So why did that fall off? That's what I want to dig into. Mm-hmm. Why, why did he fall back some, uh, and is it stuff that matters or is it just, uh, meh, you know, just talk to see if we can maybe knock this guy down to three because you know, we want him. Um, yeah. and I want to get back to Antonio's comment here no, uh, no, after we get to Ethan, yet. after we get to Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Ethan coming in first. I missed Broncos for dinner the other night. How dare you, Ethan? We missed you. Uh, nice show. Why not do all three breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Oh man. And, uh, to farf. I don't know what to far, uh, trade. It was trade for Aaron Rodgers fund. Okay. I'm in to farf. There we go. <laughs> um, I have other obligations. Uh, I know Scott does as well. He has more than I do. Um, but, uh, Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm just enjoying right now getting the fact that we get to hang out with you guys on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday mornings. We'll see if the Monday or we'll see if the show's cut down as far as when we get to the true dead part of the off season, um, when there is less information and we might have other responsibilities. I know Scott's very big in the baseball scene as well there in his area, but uh, we appreciate you, Ethan. Um, back to Antonio's comments about getting Slater there at nine. Obviously, you want to have a good offensive line, but I think. And you don't want to prove it. As you say, you can prove anything with a sample size of one. Um, But I think we maybe need to have the conversation about quarterback greatness being tied to the offensive line play because the Bengals might be going to the Super Bowl with the worst offensive line that's played there in the last, I guess, since the Broncos offensive line in 2015 because that unit was terrible as well. Let's be real. Um, But they're going there. I don't think that some people would like to make it out where your quarterback's success in the league is completely dependent. Their development is completely dependent on the offensive line being great and protecting them. I think that's, that's a hill of beans. I think that that quarterback's greatness is inherent. Obviously there are some sliding scales as far as how great they can be. If the offensive line isn't killing it. Um, But I think that it's more about protecting the quarterback long-term and longevity with that offensive line protection versus a quarterback being great or not without that offensive line. Last year, we had Justin Herbert break the all-time rookie passing record with the single worst uh, pro football focus passing pass blocking grade and the single worst pass blocking win rate of any offensive line of football. Didn't look like Justin Herbert's broken because of terrible offensive line play. Joe Burrow coming off of a torn ACL. The, the Bengals use a first top five pick on a wide receiver instead of a tackle. People are killing them for that. Bengals are in the bleeping Super Bowl this year. So uh, <laughs> I, I think that the I, obviously you'd rather have a great offensive line than a bad offensive line. No dip. But some people like to make this excuse where like, oh, you didn't have a good enough offensive line, so it's never the quarterback's fault or the offensive schemer's fault uh, that you didn't achieve greatness. Get out of here with that. It's on that individual player. So, Nick, more, more so than anything. you just said that L.A. Chargers had the worst pass, gracing, pass uh, grade, pass blocking grade in ever or, you know, in the, in the league last year. So what they do? Were, they went out and drafted a tackle, which I agree <laughs> Um, that you want to do. No, I, I agree with you as far as um, wanting to build up a better unit that's weak. 
and help your quarterback and help them long-term the longevity factor, keeping them healthy. But as far as having to have a top five offensive line in place for that quarterback to even have a chance to succeed, get out of here. I don't buy no. it for one second. I think that there's, quarter, it's there on is that more than one way to skin a cat. Yes, for sure. Like I said, you get a, a, the front four, a dangerous front four covers up a lot of screw ups mm-hmm. on, on, on either side of the ball. It's like, okay, you know, we're watching the playoffs turnover. Well, the front four comes in and gets a sack. Like, wow, man, that'd be nice. What did I, what did I read? I was listening to, uh, I actually listened to most of the game yesterday and I was listening to, um, the Cincinnati Bengals, which is actually kind of hilarious, by the way. Uh, their color guy is a fan in the background. So it'd be Nick over there saying, uh, Joe Burrow drops back to pass. He's faced a little pressure. And in the background, you hear the color guy going, yes, yes, great play, yes. And it's a touchdown to Jamar Chase. <laughs> and then he comes in and, and, and plays. But they said, I think it was on 20 turnovers, on 20 giveaways, they only gave up four touchdowns. You know, so it's complimentary. We talk about this all the time about uh, what's the word that they're using for? It's not complimentary, is it? But it's, it's, you know, being good, being a good football team is being good in multiple phases, not just this or not just we got to have this quarterback. We got to have this tackle. There's, there's multiple ways to do it. Just keep loading your team up with good players Mm -hmm. and, and it'll, it'll work itself out for sure. Uh, speaking of good players, Mark comes in with more stars and asks one uh, a question. I love this question personally, but Nick, I'm going to let you take it first. Yeah. Would you guys take Kyle Hamilton if he's there at nine or possibly trade down? It depends on what the package is at nine overall. Um, if somebody's offering you, you know, a future first round pick and extra capital in like 2023, you probably take the trade down because your ship doesn't leave or your train doesn't leave the station until you have a quarterback. Uh, so anything where you can add resources to give yourself a leg in or a leg up and a, a buy-in on the quarterback market. I think that's the way to go. That being said, they would have to blow me away to take Hamilton off the field. I think he's truly a blue chipper in this class. Um, one of the few quarter, uh, one of the few players in this class that changes the numbers too, as far as your run fit, he is so big and good at coming downhill in the run game um, that you don't have to play with a loaded box. You can play light box and not get killed in the run game. Um, he's also big in the RPO game coming down and closing on space in the quick pass game, which you need uh, with the chiefs and chargers with how much they're manufacturing touches in space for these guys, kind of like basketball, basketball, like an isolation game. We're seeing a lot of basketball crossover in the NFL, as far as the ISO game, especially with the Bengals and what they're doing offensively. That's a topic for another day. Um, but Hamilton at nine with pair, pairing him with Simmons with the math that you can have on the back end though, uh, after that and keeping a, a cap, on the defense, some versatility there. Who can be Robert? Is Justin Simmons coming down? Is he playing the box? I mean, it'd be beautiful. So Hamilton at night would be great. If somebody's willing to give up a lot of picks, though, come up and get the guy. Uh, come up, trade trade away, because you need to give yourself ammo to get the quarterback. Yeah, everybody's got a price, but you're going to have to... One, Hamilton's not going to nine. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it would be... Wouldn't that be pretty amazing if he went number one overall? <laughs> In this class, I mean... I, I mean, it, it won't happen, No, but he's of all these guys that are talking about being in the top 10, he's the surest thing. He's the surest thing. Uh, you know, a game changer on defense. If you could go back, would you take Sean Taylor? Would would he be a, a, a number one pick in his class? Um, you know, got Ronnie lot, you know, guys like that. That's, that's what you're thinking of is, is when you're, when you're going after this guy's hall of fame type of safety here, 
what mm-hmm. you're looking for. So when I trade down, everything's got a price. You know, you want to you want to come throw a couple number ones and a, and a starter at me. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming down. I don't care who's there. Uh, I need the players. Uh, if you think you're one player away, then, then maybe not. Um, but uh, yeah, everybody's got a price. But I think Hamilton, Hamilton should not go below four. He should not go below. Was it the Jets at number four? You know, if you go Hutchinson, uh, defensive end, defensive end, and, and Thibodeau, who we mentioned, Neil at t- tackle, um, maybe one of the other tackles, maybe. So five at the worst for, yeah. for Hamilton. If he falls, if the Falcons pass on him at eight and, and, he, and he gets to nine, um, I'm going to shillele the Falcons for doing that. So um, I've, I've been, and I can carry a grudge. I, I still complain about five picks for Julio Jones 10 years ago. So, um, daily. So that, that'll be gentle compared to what I do if they pass on Kyle Hamilton and, uh, falling saw talking about the fan doing color commentary is former O-line star, uh, Dave Lapham, Latham from the 81 Super Bowl. He gets excited. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not saying he was just a nobody. It's just, it, it's almost like when you're listening to that game, it's almost like, you're talking with somebody else who's 10 seconds ahead and you're watching the game and they start cheering. You're like, well, I I guess something good's about to happen. That's kind of how it felt because he'd be cheering before, you know, the play-by-play would get a chance to tell you what happened. And it was just, uh, it was, it was just kind of funny to listen to. Give him a chance. If you've got um, the NFL, NFL game pass or anything like that, give the, give the Bronco, the, the Bengals guys a listen. They're, they're kind of fun. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Fun team. I'm happy for them. Happy for the city of Cincinnati. Should be a great Super Bowl. Um, any other takeaways before we start to wrap it on up out of here? Obviously talked about chasing greatness at the quarterback position, allocating bodies to the uh, the secondary. Um, obviously, yeah, gosh, <laughs> negative 14.4 uh, EPA per pass, career low for Patrick Mahomes uh, in this game. So, Hats off to the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, the Chiefs will have a whole offseason now, so you don't want to replicate probably what the Bengals did one for one next season, thinking it'll work because the Chiefs will have some answers. But uh, incredible game from the Bengals to do that. And again, it comes back to if I had my way, I would run the three three five stack um, in the NFL just to see what you can do space wise. Have one of the, have a have some versatile guys who can come down and rush. I really like what the Patriots have done this year at the five zero five front. Um, having some speed and coverage on that second end, getting clogging bodies in the middle of the field and crunching the pocket. I don't think that the pure on pass rush seven man uh, single gap is as good, especially for these quarterbacks who can are squirmy little bleeps um, out of the pocket. So, you know, you know, what will be fun. Uh, Nick is when, if somebody can get the personnel to replicate the, the 46 defense of buddy Ryan and the 85 bears, which was basically just overwhelm the offensive line. Um, their front seven was so good. I mean, there's a couple of Hall of Famers in that front seven. Not everybody can do that, but that's going to be, you're going to see that happen. Uh, it's safer to drop through, drop eight into coverage and rush three, but someone's going to put the personnel package together enough where they can just say, you're going to block five. All right, we're going to rush seven and we're going to kill your quarterback. Um, that's what uh, That's what the Bears did in 85. And they were... For my money, maybe the best team I ever saw. Um, just dominant across the board. Um, but Trevor asked us, who are you most looking forward to seeing at the Senior Bowl? I'm looking forward to seeing the QBs. I am. I'm interested in looking looking at the quarterbacks for sure. From a content standpoint, those will get the most hits. I've always said, hell, I'll cover Georgia Southern tiddlywinks if P- 
people, you know, want to read it and I get lots of, lots of, uh, action for it. But I actually, I, I think your value coming down into here normally is in the trenches is, yep. uh, is on the interior lines. A lot of the top offensive tackles and the, the, the top premium positions, those guys are juniors and they come out early, but the, the less premium value where it's like, why should I come out early? I'm going to be a fifth round, sixth round pick is center guard. Um, and then some of the smaller schools at tackles and then some of the, the smaller schools across the defensive line. That's where I really look forward to. Um, linebackers and running backs are pretty much a waste of time in, uh, in, in when you're not tackling. You can see a little bit of agility. You can see a little bit of pass blocking. You can see if they can catch the ball or not, but you really have no idea if they can run the football or make tackles at all. So I, I'm really, I look forward to this is, is watching the trenches. Yeah, the trenches for sure. Um, I'm really curious to see what you see about, uh, you think about some of these right tackle options. Obviously, you're going to be looking there for the Falcons, but the Broncos as well. Um, some names to watch out there for Daniel Falele from Minnesota, six foot nine, 380 pounds. Uh, they found him in an Australian football league camp um, and brought him over to the States. And he's still pretty new to the game, but he's actually a solid athlete. He plays a little high. Um, we don't have to go down to all the specifics, but he's one to watch. Luke Gadecki from Central Michigan, uh, his partner, um, across the line in uh, Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan, who's actually from Austria, not Australia, um, a guy who played tight end and made that conversion just two years ago to tackle. A lot of good movement skills. Reminds me a little bit of Garrett Bowles as far as the smaller frame, but great athlete. Uh, Trevor Penning is one that should be fun to watch out there as well. Max Mitchell from Louisiana. And uh, going up against some of these defensive linemen as well. I'm excited to see Cam Thomas, uh, Myjay Sanders out there as well. Uh, if Boye, the Northern Iowa kid is a better prospect than Spencer, Spencer Brown, I can't wait to see him. Because Spencer he, he, Brown should have been a first-round pick. He, I don't know if he's the same pure athlete that Spencer mm -hmm. Brown is, but he has much heavier hands. Um, as far as like when he, you can actually see the jolt of power. Like Spencer Brown was so long and lanky that like you could see him move, but he didn't have a lot of like force upon his contact. And when you don't think you don't, you don't, you don't agree with me on that one. I watched him move all kinds of guys around. And he was so, and the thing is, is he was so good at getting to the second level that the guys that he was hitting were 60 pounds lighter than him. And, I'm, and he, you know, he's got a 500 pound bench press. I mean, he's Spencer Brown was something else again, that he fell to the third. Just, it pains me. I guess I'm talking, I'm talking more of pass protection um, because yeah. he was so tall. You didn't see the jolt um, as far as when he makes contact and then anchoring. Um, so that offensive line is so nuanced because there's different kinds of power. Um, so I'm talking about more of the stationary power where he can take on uh, force into his chest. Um, couldn't always anchor um, from watching you and I in the senior bowl reps last year, but getting to the second level where he could use that athleticism and momentum going forward. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, but I think Penning is a little bit nastier, um, a little bit more of a, cleaner fit as far as an offensive lineman day one. So, uh, Sal comes in thanks for the comment. Sal. uh, so what's the best value the Broncos can get for pick at nine. So for me, that means who's going to, who falls, you know, who's the best player that can fall. We mentioned Kyle Hamilton at safety. Um, I, I think he's literally, I wouldn't, if he went number one overall, I would applaud the pick. Um, Evan Neal's not going to fall. Um, Let's see who's somebody else. If Derek Stingley, if he ends up falling to nine and you end up getting a second corner and he ends up being the guy we thought he could be. Now, why was he the number one pick overall two years ago to possibly falling out of the top 10 when he's eligible? That's a, that's a concern. Um, but uh, what about Aquanu? You know, does Aquanu, is there, is there any chance he falls to nine? Uh, Ike Aquanu, the offensive tackle from NC state would be 
hella value for sure. But for me, the number one answer still is is Kyle Hamilton, best player, non-premium position. I don't care. I don't care if he's gonna if he's as good as we think he can be. Take him. Um, you, you don't, and that's why I don't think he falls. I really don't. Yeah, I think the key word here is value. Um, and while Kyle Hamilton is great, he is a safety and you can find safeties in free agency every year for decent contracts. So but I, I also think of it as who's the best, who's the best prospect period that you can get there. Because for me, any quarterback that you take at nine is a reach. No, oh, I agree. Value there. You're, you're, it's a reach. So I'm, I'm thinking of it more on the lines of, you know, let's line up my, my, my EA sports Madden numbers and who's going to have the highest grade that could be available in that spot. I, I hundred percent agree with you. Um, but I was leaning into the value because safety right now is a position where I think you actually, they're undervalued compared to what they bring to the field versus where they go in the draft. And then the cost part of that is because how often is a safety, especially deep safeties impacting the down to down, you know, the closer you are to the football, the more likely you are to impact the play safeties aren't always that way. Um, I would rather have that than the linebacker, but I digress. Um, the one position here where as far as value that sticks out to me, that could pique your interest, obviously quarterback. If you hit the quarterback, that's number one. I'm going to lean away from quarterback though. One of the most valuable things in football dollar wise value wise is a true Island man cornerback. And if Derek Stingley's there at nine and his foot doesn't concern you at all, the value of bringing down Derek Stingley to pair with Patrick Sertan and have legitimately two cornerbacks who you're comfortable with playing man on any given play, playing ISO ball uh, one side of the field could be incredible. Um, so as far as the value, um, I don't think you're going to get Hutchinson or um, Thibodeau down there. I don't think you're going to get Evan Neal down there as far as edge and offensive tackle. I come Aquanu. I think he's going to not reach it to nine either. Maybe Derek Stingley um, falls there. And as far as the value of a true Island man cornerback, which is a rare skill, um, th that's the one that sticks out to me is maybe being the best value. And there should be one. There's three really good ones in this class right now. Uh, Stingley, Andrew Booth at Clemson, and Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. One of those three, if not two of those three, should be available at nine. Yep. So that would be a, a good shout from Nick right there. Yep. And it's with Stingley, the big thing will be the foot. Um, if his foot, the foot and the the tape his his best tape was his freshman year when LSU was actually playing meaningful football since then they've kind of fallen off and Stingley has been up and down you see the flashes but he's had some injuries but as far as the movement skills and the actual skill set itself what Stingley can do is rare and valuable um so if and you know there'll be 10,000 memes of the Broncos take another cornerback at nine overall but if you can have two guys who you're comfortable with lining up in press man coverage what you can do defensively around those guys with those guys eating up so much space. I mean, it just compresses the field. You could be fine with Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell playing some coverage. Now, obviously you can isolate those guys against good tight ends and still manufacture touches and uh, yards, but like, man, what you could do to limit the perimeters with two knock or shut down press man corners in Sertan and Stingley's uh, ability would be incredible. Uh, so that's, that's one that comes to me. It's going to be real interesting at number eight for the Falcons because they've got holes all over the field and they will be looking for that best value player at number eight. So who, whoever they, they, whoever scouts better makes the better pick, but a lot of the needs and a lot of the value, a lot of the draft should be the same for the Falcons and Broncos. So we'll, mm -hmm. we'll be talking about that a lot, but as bad as the Falcons are in the trenches, I got no problem with them going to a corner and pairing him up with AJ Terrell, the same way we talk about pairing him up with uh, with with Pat Sertan. 
So yep. again, there should be at least one of those three available if the Falcons do something like take Derek Stingley. Uh, yep. high, I think they'd go with the highest upside guy, um, uh, SEC kid, LSU. Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all, uh, despite the fact that they had 18 sacks over the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and before we get on out of here, because we're already at over an hour, another thing that makes the Stingley pick interesting is linking it with the right now odds-on favorite for the Broncos defensive coordinator in Elijah Evero, I think is the name. I saw somebody in the chat mention it Evero. there. That, Evero. Um, and what the Rams did this year with Jalen Ramsey was quite, quite interesting. Jalen Ramsey became their de facto star corner. That's not a, like star as in like an, an elite player, but star as in the positioning where he was the slot. He played the big hybrid safety cornerback safety big guy over the slot position a lot for that Rams defense. And we know that last season during the off season uh, before injuries uh, hit the Broncos and Kyle Fuller ended up being not very good uh, that a big plan for the Broncos was to play Patrick Sertan in the slot role being kind of a big body matchup eraser over the, uh, Oh God, the, the hashes, um, that part of the field for those vertical, uh, looks the, the cover tube kind of split beaters. Um, so maybe you see if you bring in somebody like Stingley pairing with Darby, then maybe you can see that versatility with Sertan again, uh, with Evero who'd like to play their best back seven player in the slot this last season. So interesting matchup numbers. Stingley there. could play that position. He could, I, uh, his tackling is not as consistent as Sertan and physicality, I thought was not as consistent as Sertan. And if you're playing the slot, you're going to have to come down and bang heads a little bit uh, with the tight ends and move line. But, move again, it gives in. you options. You know, yes. you know who likes yeah. options? Coaches like having options. Yes, absolutely. Um, Travis coming back in saying, great show, fellas. I appreciate what you guys do, no doubt. We appreciate you, Travis, supporting us. Thank you so much. Um, it's over an hour here, so we're going to get back into it. Uh, we're going to talk some more stuff tomorrow, maybe even some more takeaways. I feel like there's even more from these games that we'll get into here. And then senior bowl. We really need to start getting into some of these guys specifics. I will Any be in mobile matches. for this show tomorrow. So hopefully the internet is good enough to, uh, to pull this off. Yeah, absolutely. And Jason asking, can you get Malik Willis to give us a Broncos for breakfast? Shout out. I, I stay away from the guys. I really do. That's why the, 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 the testing you had to have proof of uh double jab and boost and a negative uh test within 48 hours to be there and I, I i'm in the stands man you won't you won't even know i'm there i like to watch and not interact i'm there to scout so probably not but i will more than likely have on my broncos for breakfast beanie so i will be representing there we go we need to find out what kind of coffees these guys like that's the big one here for the broncos for breakfast get a shout out on that one thank you guys so much for joining us today we'll be back again live tomorrow morning at 7 30 a.m mountain time you guys can follow scott and i on twitter scott is at scout kennedy i'm at nick kendall mhh we also got husky hardcore coming in here saying missed most of the show listen to kc sports talk show this morning it was pretty funny yeah i mean schadenfreude is real yep it is real and uh it's it was a decade ago but i remember listening and consuming and just being inconsolable after the broncos lost to the ravens in 2012 so i i the Chiefs have had a good for a while. Um, four AFC championships in a row is insane, uh, but they're they're hurting today, and I feel for them, but I also laugh at them. <laughs> it's like oh, I've been there. Sucks to suck. Yeah, it's just again as as an Atlanta sports fan, you laugh at yourself, and then you can laugh. It's like listen, join us twenty one three. That's nothing. Try twenty eight three with fifteen minutes to go. Yeah, you got nothing up. on us. Funny in this game. Also, the um, 
Bengals, when they went down 21 to three, had the third, they became the third lowest win probability to win a game this season. So this game should have been over. Uh, shout out to the Bengals. Shout out to Burrow. Never say die. It's a big reason. You know, it's a four quarter game. People freaking out last year of the Broncos, you know, go three and out on their first two drives. And it's still, you know, it's just three to zero four quarter game. You know, you want to play the whole thing out. Um, and when you got a guy like Gur- Burrow back there, you, you have some belief. Um, but sh- Burrow, he's going to get all the praise because he's a quarterback. But shout out to the Bengals defense, man. What they did in the second half versus Kansas City in a game where it would have been very easy for them just to put their hands on their hips and be like, what the bleep do we even do? Came in out, totally different scheme, dropping guy eight guys into coverage and getting pressure after Mahomes, keeping him contained with three, getting coverage sacks, making him not trust his eyes and saying, Andy Reid, we think you're going to take the cheese because we don't think you're going to be patient enough <laughs> to run the football because you just have too much fun with the passing of the game. Because if you have Mahomes and Hill and uh, Kelsey, no doubt, but the numbers didn't dictate that. They were running the ball for like six yards a clip. They didn't go. They didn't keep at it. They lost the game. Panic. God bless them. Panic. Yep. Ah, oh, man. So great to see the Chiefs lose. Uh, nobody nobody deserves it. Shout out to Ethan. I still see your $50 uh, coming up here. Shout out to everybody who joined us today. Thank you so yeah, much. Mark Schrader was big today. Mark too, yes. uh, so appreciate all of y'all for sure. Yep. Absolutely. We appreciate you guys so much. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you're on Facebook, uh, join our communities there, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you're listening after the fact, I haven't checked it in about a week, but it, it had been about a week since we got our last iTunes review. So make sure that you're going, I know, right? Especially with Scott going down to mobile here, we need to get our, our reviews, our star count up. So challenging you guys, hopefully by this time tomorrow, we'll have a new review on iTunes, find us mile high huddle and leave us a five-star review and a comment. If you are on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and share it to our channel, mile high huddle. Uh, hit that bell notifications. That way, you know, when we go live, although we're pretty consistent with when we go live. Um, so hopefully you won't need that, but again, might as well. And also check out Scott's channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy, where gosh, there's going to be a lot of draft content there. Obviously if Falcons focused over there, yeah, but not senior bowl. I think last year, Nick, I put up 55 videos, highlight videos from senior yeah. bowl uh, on 55 different individuals, not even counting like OL versus DL, but just Spencer Brown or, uh, Baron Browning, I put up one of him blowing up a Michigan fullback on there last year. So, and Lawrence coming real quick, um, said, I think the Rams got it figured out while the Bengals are still figuring it out at times. Yeah, but how similar does it feel like the 49ers and Bengals are, except the Bengals have a better quarterback? You know, and the Rams really struggled against the 49ers defense. So we'll see. We'll, we'll get into that for sure. Yep, absolutely. We'll get into it. Thank you guys so much. You are amazing. Um, Scott, before we get out of here, quick question, the uh, prediction on the Super Bowl. Well, I'm not going to hold you to it. It's still very early, but this is just the instant gut reaction on the Super Bowl. I told falling sloth that I'd go with the Rams. So I'm going to go, uh, good weather. Uh, Matthew Stafford is, you know, anybody that doubted Matthew Stafford never watched Matthew Stafford. I've been watching this kid. I've got video from him against Jevon Sneed in what, 2005, maybe in a Texas high school playoff game in front of 50,000 people. Uh, 30,000 people, ton of people. Um, he's got one of the best arms I've ever seen. He's absolutely a gunslinger. Uh, two weeks off to get every all his weapons healthy, hopefully. Um, that I'll, I'll uh, I feel better about the Bengals' chances against the Rams than any game that they've won, it, either the last two that they've won. So, um, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the Rams just because I promised Falling Sloth I would. I've been disrespecting the Bengals this whole time. I'll, I'll, I'll stick to it. 
Yeah, I'll probably take the Rams as well. I like how their defensive line matches up with the Bengals' offensive line. Really curious to see what the chess match is uh, as far as Jalen Ramsey being the kingpin cover guy that they have in that back seven and what they do with the legitimate three weapons that the Bengals have. Personally, I just like, say, play island ball and go take away Jamar Chase, but T. Higgins is so freaking good. Also, big old laugh. Would the Chiefs be in the Super Bowl right now if they would have taken T. Higgins instead of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Probably. Why are you well, taking a bleep and running back? Joe Mixon. You know, they're the Bengals yeah. aren't afraid to grind it out. Like I said, no. they're they look to me a lot like the 49ers. That's why I wasn't really looking forward to that game because it's like these mm-hmm. teams are too similar and they both want to kind of keep the score down. You know, the, the Bengals will take more chances for sure yeah. and have more weapons. But the the defenses I think would nullify both teams and be a 12 to 10 game. Yeah. But to me, the Bengals are 49ers plus the 49ers defense plus. Uh, the, uh, the 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 better quarterback, you know, the 49ers have weapons. Debo Samuel, um, was it Kittle? George Kittle over there. You know, they've got the. Is it Kittle? They've got they've got weapons for sure, but I think the the Bengals are better on offense and are, are a match for them on defense. That it uh, it should be it should be a really good game. And uh, the the Rams, the glitzy, you know, the, the old soft LA teams, they're gonna have to stu- they're gonna have to they're gonna get punched in the mouth. It should be a lot of fun. Chase greatness at quarterback. Chase stars. That's what the Rams taught us. Um, and uh, good things can happen. And it, when you're in your window, go for it. Uh, Rams are here. So appreciate you guys so much. We're going to go for it by ending the show. Uh, <laughs> love you guys. We'll see. Uh, I guess Scott will be around tonight, but uh, mm-hmm. just working the back scene with the huddle up show going on. So make sure you check us out tonight. Hang out with Chad and Zach. Uh, we will see you guys. Scott and I'll see you tomorrow morning. Scott will be in. Will you already be in mobile or will you be in transit? Yeah, I'll be. I'm, I'm heading for mobile in about an hour. Wow. Okay. So Scott's got to get going. I got to get going. Love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Everyone stay safe. Choose kindness and go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.